following is a production of Word Alive Creative Arts. Welcome to the podcast of Word Alive International Outreach in Oxford, Alabama, an apostolic center for transformation and freedom. We pray today that you will be blessed and strengthened by this powerful message. Before you sit down, you know, you Maybe throw a virtual hug to somebody or an air hug at them, you know, since we're a little still trying to social distance and uh, you can sit down and you can be blessed. Amen. Thank you so much for coming out. We welcome all those online today watching. We have several thousand people online. Can you give all those online watching today a hand and tell them we're glad they're tuned in with us? Uh, we uh, just were in Escambia County this week and all in Alabama. That's way down in the right-hand corner if you're looking south. And uh, had a great time there. Bev and I praying there with Matt and Brian on our fire team. Uh, we were with Drake and Taylor Dorsett with Mercy Hill Church of God. They hosted us there in Bruton, a city called Bruton in Escambia County, Alabama. And there we are, I think, with the commissioner, a great man, military man, started uh, military as a senior in high school. Uh, he's about to uh, retire from that, and he's in, very involved in the city. He's also an attorney, brilliant man, great man, and he's all about transformation. And so it was an honor for him to host us and to pray over him and all the county commissioners and the county of Escambia. And so that's uh, Corrine Reynolds, Commissioner Reynolds there. So we had a great time. Thank you so much. That was our 55th county now in counting. So we're only uh, 12 counties from totally completing the mission. Can you imagine that? We came back through Montgomery to do a couple of videos. If you don't know about this, uh, October 1st through November 11th, we'll be doing 40 days of 24-7 prayer at the Capitol in a tent, in David's tent, partnering there with Andy Strange. And so put that on your calendar if you can go for any part of that. Uh, 40 days and 40 nights, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So you say, for what purpose? Just as an offering to the Lord. Just saying, Lord, we offer our best to you 24 hours a day for 40 days, saying we want your glory to engulf the state of Alabama and to be, let this be a habitation for your presence. So we stopped there to do a couple of videos about that, and Bev and I were at the Capitol Steps, and we realized that nine months ago we were at the same place starting this mission, and we lacked five counties having all representatives here on campus. Now, nine months later, we've been to 55 counties and only lack five counties being booked to complete the mission. So that number five kept popping up. One interesting thing, when we did the video about David's tent, there was a sign behind me that said, pregnant, need help. And so we're getting calls from various rhymes and reasons now, but that has nothing to do with our ministry. Uh, that's just where we're hosting the facility uh, for the tent. So it was a great time, and uh, so we uh, uh, appreciate Matthew and the uh, kept Matt, Matt has just kept pioneering this thing even through the COVID and just keep pushing through and all the fire team that's been with him faithful faithful folks that have kept pressing through and that brings us to our to our message today about perseverance perseverance you know the song they sang uh, there in the service uh, it is well with my soul uh, is about a, a a gentleman who literally his wife and kids sailed across the ocean to England and uh, basically in a storm lost all of his children. And his wife sent a telegram when she got there, saved alone. And in the midst of that, he wrote this song, It Is Well With My Soul. So obviously he found a grace 
he found that's not natural. It's not natural to go through a tragedy like that and to be able to write a song, It Is Well With My Soul. I was interested, when I was in Israel last time, I was at the American Colony Hotel, and I, I love that place. I love visiting this. It's just a quaint hotel in East Jerusalem. I love going there, and I've never known why until I was sitting there with a group of friends this past time, and I looked behind me, and the same guy that wrote that song was the one that built that, uh, actually owned that hotel. Uh, he bought it from a uh, czar or king and turned it into the American colony. After this tragedy, he moved to Jerusalem and provided the American colony for all missionaries in the Far East. And it was a place where missionaries lived. And so I knew it was a special place to me, but I didn't know. William Spafford, is, I think, the, is that the, William Spafford, the man's name? And so this spirit of perseverance, I believe God is talking to us about perseverance. I found it very interesting. A couple things happened. On the 9th of Av, Wednesday, right, we're passing through the straits. On the 9th of Av, NASA launched a rover to Mars. And the name of the rover is Perseverance. Isn't it interesting that right passing through the narrow straits, God speaks a word from heaven launched on a, sat- launched on a rocket. You think he's trying to get our attention? What I didn't understand early service and what blew, blew, blew my mind was that Dan's mother-in-law, Dan Maddox, my brother, his mother-in-law passed away, had her funeral last, was it last week, Dan? Last week uh, we had her service, 92 years old. Her friends were part of this launch and her name is listed on that rover as one who has a perseverant spirit. She lived to be 92 years old. Parents died when she was very young. 35-year breast cancer survivor. Even after all that, went back and got her GED. On and on and on and on and on. Prayed every day for everybody. One of the most persevering women, spirit, spirited women on the earth. And her name's on that rover, and that's Dawn's mom. How good is that? That spirit is what we need. That spirit of perseverance that we'll go through anything we've got to go through. And walk through any situation we have to walk through because of that spirit. Sooner or later, we're going to need it if you hadn't already. Hebrews 10 says this. So do not throw away your confidence. It holds a great reward. You need to persevere. Somebody say persevere. Persevere. Say it again. Say it like you mean it. There we go. Persevere. You need to persevere so that after you have done God's will, you receive what he's promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. It It says you need perseverance after you've done the will of God that you might inherit the promise. So we know we need it. We've all faced circumstances and situations where we could have quit, should have quit, but we didn't. And so we know we need it, but how do we get it? How do we get perseverance? When I started studying this this week, my mind was blown and changed actually because I didn't even really understand what it means when we talk about spiritual perseverance. 
And so I looked to the life of Abraham. This is found in Romans chapter 4. Here's what it says. Abraham did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith. In other words, the longer he waited, he didn't get weaker, he got stronger. Now, I don't know about you, but that's not natural. The longer he waited, most people, the longer you wait, the weaker you get. But it says the longer he waited, the stronger he got. The longer the promise was delayed, the more persuaded he was that it was actually coming. This is that spirit I'm talking about. He gave glory to God and was fully convinced that what God had promised, he was able to do it. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now, that's not just written, the scriptures say, for his sake. It's written for yours and mine. It's for yours and mine to understand that it was imputed. Somebody say imputed. It was imputed to him. In other words, it was imparted. It was it was. It, it, it moved, it was trans, transferred to him because we believe who raised Jesus from the Lord, Jesus our Lord from the dead, we believe in that, who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. So what's the writer saying? He's saying just like Abraham who was 100 years old, 99, and his wife's womb barren, and God gave a promise. Just like that, God said, is our faith. And just like Abraham received an impartation so that with the promise also came the perseverance. In other words, when God spoke to him, the same word that brought faith is the same word that caused him to wait for it. Let me say it like this. God did everything. Abraham did nothing. Abraham didn't do anything to get the promise, and he didn't do anything to make it happen, and he didn't do anything to stay persuaded during the process of waiting. God did it all inside of him because it was not a, a like grit your teeth kind of endurance like we know in the Western culture, the kind you just endure to the end by willpower. It was the ability of grace Working in Abraham by faith. He just believed that God said what he had said and he could do what he would do. And in that process of just believing, it imparted to him the grace, yes, to even endure or persevere until the promise came. So not only has God made you a promise and made me a promise of many things through Scripture, He also gives us the grace, which is a gift from God called perseverance. Perseverance is not something that you gain in your strength. Perseverance is actually a gift from God. So with the promise comes the gift of perseverance. It's actually one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. So what am I trying to tell you? You couldn't quit if you wanted to. Even if you wanted to, God would change your mind. Even if you actually did, God would bring you back on board. Because he remains faithful even when you're faithless. Because he can't deny himself. He spoke it. He's inside of you. He's the one that's going to bring it to pass. This is the spiritual endurance I'm talking about. Not willpower. Not me and you hanging on to the end. But something's on the inside of us. The grace of God at work in our inward man that won't let us let go. Called perseverance. 
Look at this translation. It says he plunged into the promise and came up strong, ready for God, sure that God would make good on what he had said. He plunged. Somebody say plunged. He plunged into the promise and came up strong. What does that tell me? For a while he was under. Now here's what got me. The Hebrew and Greek word for perseverance, do you know what it means? Hebrew and Greek word for perseverance is the same translation. You know what it means? The ability to stay under. So the word in the Bible for perseverance is not a gritting it out or a hard or or a you know I'm going to make it happen. It's the ability to stay under when everything's on top of you pushing you down. The picture of this that the Hebraic thought brings about is that like of a beach ball. How many of you have ever been in a pool or in the water with a beach ball? And you push that thing down, you can even float on it for a little while, but sooner or later, you know what happens? You can't hold that beach ball down. It's going to find its way to pop up. It'll roll you over. It'll flip you off. But because of what's in that beach ball, sooner or later, no, longer, no matter how long it stays under, it's going to pop up on the other side because what's in it makes it more powerful than what's trying to hold it down. My God, somebody get a hold of this. What's my point? You can't hold that thing down forever. You may hold it down for a little while, but sooner or later, the perseverance that's in it is going to bring it back on top of what's going on in mind in your life. Come on, somebody. So why does God allow that? Why does God allow us to go under? Here it is in Romans 5. Not only are you justified by faith, but we also glory in our sufferings. Why? Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. And perseverance produces character. And character produces hope. And so the reason God lets you get under is not to keep you under. It's because when you're under... You have to find a way to breathe underwater. Hear me. When the natural things of this world are no longer your resources, when your mind can't fix it, and your money can't fix it, and your willpower can't fix it, and your get up and go can't fix it, and everything you look to can't fix it, what happens? You have to look to another realm that you can't see, which actually allows you to breathe underwater because I'm getting my oxygen from a source that you can't see called the kingdom of God. And if you never went under... You would always only trust what you can see. But after you've got under for a while, what you realize is there's a realm that you can't see that can supply everything you need to keep you living while you're under. And one of these days, that power that starts getting built up on you on the inside is going to pop you up on the other side and you're going to come out with more than you went in with. Somebody shout perseverance. That's why Jesus said, 
These things I've spoken to you that in me you might have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus came and lived to demonstrate to us how to overcome the world. See, he was tempted and tested on every side just like me and you. We, we, we think because Jesus had God, just like you and I have God, that he couldn't be tempted. He knows what it's like to have all the temptations. He knows what it's like to breathe underwater. He lived as a man with all the world's circumstances like you and I, but he overcame the world. Be of good cheer, he said. I have overcome the world. Now, 1 John 5, 4 says... Therefore, whatsoever is born of God. Huh? Whatsoever is born. Anybody here born of God? Anybody here been born again? Anybody here received Jesus? Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Why? The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living on the inside of you. And greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So the world may heap circumstances, oppression, all kind of bondage, all kind of addiction, all kind of stuff on your life, and it may hold you under. But all that's happening while it's holding you under is you're tapping into another realm, and you're being strengthened into your inner man by the glory of God. And all of a sudden, you'll pop up on the other side, and you too will have overcome the world. That's why Exodus says the more they afflicted them, the more they grew and multiplied. When I'm under, you're just making me stronger. That's why you can get to the place that says count it all joy. When you get into different trials and circumstances, knowing that the trying of your faith is working in you. It's producing perseverance and character and hope, which is making you strong in your inward man. So you're no longer living to the outside circumstances. See, I've been doing this 35 years. Paul did it for a long time. And Paul got to the place where he said, none of these things move me anymore because I'm going to finish my course with joy. He wrote that while he was in prison. Paul penned that while he's in prison. He said, I'm not moved by circumstances anymore. Why? My inward man is what's leading me and guiding me in this life now. I'm no longer moved by external sources. I'm moved from the inside, from a glory realm. That's why early Christians were burned at the stake laughing. Eaten by lions in hysterical laughter, it said. There's a realm called the kingdom of God that's righteousness, peace, and joy. And while you're under, you tap into that realm. And it brings you back on top. That's why now when I get under, I'm not sad. I'm just getting stronger. I'm not growing weaker. I'm getting stronger. That's when like my old-timer friend says, you know, I'm like you. I have, it comes at us relentless at times. Man, I, the old-timer told me, he said, if it ain't piss ants, it's bed bugs. You know, if it, if it ain't one thing or... Come on, if it ain't one thing, it's another. 
Right? How many of you have had that? You know, it's not like every now and then, like something, it's relentless, something happened every, and you feel like you just get up under it, and you're being held down by circumstances. What you don't know is why you're being held down. There's something going on on the inside of you that's preparing you to pop up on the other side, and you have something you ain't never had before. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Hey, 20th century boy, where'd you get that joy? A different realm, a different spirit. Perseverance. It's not natural for a woman to parents to die when she's young and 35 years suffering breast cancer survivor, on and on. These aren't natural. When people go through this stuff, that's not natural. They tap into another realm, a glory realm. That's why Colossians, they pen these words that this impartation would happen. Here's what they said. We pray that you will have the strength to stick it out over the long haul. Not the grim strength of gritting your teeth, but the glory strength that God can only give you. It is a strength that endures the unendurable, and spills over into joy. Thanking the Father who makes us strong enough to take part in everything bright and beautiful that he has for us. It's not a willpower, it's a spiritual impartation that gets up on the inside of you that no matter what you go through, it can't hold you down. One translation said, and we pray that you would be energized. With all his explosive power from the realm of his magnificent glory, filling you with great hope. See, what we don't understand, not only will we overcome now, the last thing you're going to be held down by is death. Says the last enemy you'll face is death. All of that we're going through now is just preparing you for that day. One of these days, you're going to die. <laughs> well, I wouldn't plan on staying forever. Last I saw, death toll rate 100%. So the last thing that'll happen, the last enemy you'll face is death that will overtake you thinking it's going to hold you down. But my Bible says... Death got a hold of Jesus, but the grave couldn't hold him. He came up out of the grave. And the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is on the inside of you. And death may get a hold of you, but it will not keep you down. You will pop up with resurrection life. That is the hope of the gospel. Persevering all the way, even through death itself. That's why we're able to say we're hard-pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. I may be perplexed, but I'm not in despair. I may be persecuted, but I'm not forsaken. I may be struck down, but I'm not destroyed. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, our inward man is being renewed. Day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal 
weight of glory. While we don't look at things that are seen, we look at things which are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that you can't see, they're eternal. So to persevere spiritually means you've got the ability by impartation of grace to stay under as long as necessary. To connect you to a realm that can provide you whatever you need while you're under it and give you the power to come up on the other side and be on top of it. That's true spiritual perseverance. Think about it. They've been trying to kill the Jews for centuries. You can't kill them. You cannot snuff them out. You can't kill them. Why? They're, you, cannot, you cannot destroy them. They're not destroyable. Why? They're born of God. Let me just go on record and say, let me just go on record and say, don't be all afraid about America. Vote, pray, do everything. But you can't destroy America. Why? America's born by God. God birthed this nation for his purpose and his glory. We may be under, but baby, we're about to connect to another realm. And we're about to get up on the other side of some things around this place. Come on now. I'm telling you. We're coming out. COVID. All that on us. Rioting on us. Division, all this is on us. So why is it on us? So we can, everything that can be shaken is being shaken so we can receive a kingdom that cannot be shaken which gives us the strength on our inner man to come up on the other side better than we ever were in the name of Jesus. Now, see I'm talking about something spiritual and something supernatural. Not an endurance like, oh, you go overcome, go endure. That doesn't work. Willpower only works when you're not in trouble. And when I'm in trouble, I never have willpower. That's what I don't like about willpower because when I need it, it's not there because I normally need it when I ain't got none. So it's another power. It's another power that's working in us that won't let you quit. It won't let you stop. I mean, you may even quit, but you can't. Even if you quit, what will happen two or three days, weeks, months, whatever later, God come back and get you again. Because you can't quit. He's not going to let you. It's something in you. God is in you. The Holy Ghost is in you. And, and you may quit for a while, but you won't quit forever. You, you may get knocked down, but you're not going to get knocked out. You, you may get held down for a while, but you're not going to stay tied up. Because sooner or later, the thing in you, the seed of destiny, will break the husk of iniquity. And you will step out on the other side of things. Christ in you, the hope of glory. No longer it is I that lives, but Christ that lives in me. This is the perseverance of the saints. Hebrews said, run the race with perseverance. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher. I'm on now. The author and the finisher. He that started a good work in him, he's going to finish it. Not you going to finish it. He's going to finish it. That's why I love my recovery brothers and sisters. I've been praying for y'all all week. You know, and people say, well, somebody's left the program. or the, No, they may have left the program, but they didn't leave God. God didn't leave them. 
They may, t- it's temporary. What you see is temporary. That's why I don't believe we lose anybody. Why? Because you can't lose somebody that something's in them that we can't let them quit. They'll have to come back around again sooner or later. I tried to get them to do that. You can't touch this. Da, 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 da. But I didn't, couldn't figure it out. Couldn't figure out the way to do it. I'll get it. You can't touch this. You touch this. This, my pocketbook, everything. But you can't touch this. You can't get in my spirit. See, my spirit is saved. My soul is being saved. And my body will be saved. But my spirit, you can't touch this. Just touch yourself on the belly and say, you can't touch this. This is sealed unto the day of redemption. (laughs) By the Holy Spirit. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. Looking unto Jesus, author, finish your fate. Run, with, run the weight race with endurance, knowing that you are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. And if you start getting weary in your soul, the writer says, remember Jesus, because you've not yet resisted unto blood, but he did for us, and consider this, lest you become weary in your own soul. The reason you overcome is because he overcame. The reason you get up is because he got up. The reason you finish well is because he finished well. The author and the finisher of your faith. I hadn't told this story in a long time, but it's worth telling again. I ran a marathon. Did y'all hear about that? How many have not heard? I am so glad to have some new audience about this. 2006, the Lord spoke to me. He said, if you'll run the New York City Marathon, I'll release to you a finishing anointing. And, I'll, and then once you receive it, or it's activated because it's already in you, you'll be able to help others finish and impart it to them. I said, all right. I said, Lord, am I running to get it? He said, I know you're running so I can show you you already got it. I said, Lord, I'm not a runner. He said, that's why I'm told you to do it, because it ain't going to be you doing it. So I lit off. I trained as much as you possible that you could train and got there, and they said, be careful because, you know, 26.2 miles running, at some point you'll what they call hit the wall, and you're going to quit. And it happens to a large portion of people that do it. So be prepared. And they train you to never, they don't let you run past 20 miles during the training because they say it goes to an pl- actual place of the core of your physical being that deplenishes your body. And you're actually not supposed to do any ex- activity for 30 days afterward because of the de- destruction it has on your body. So we trained, we went, we ran. We got to about mile 14, 15, 16. People started falling out, cramping, getting carried off by golf carts. And I'm like, boy, that doesn't look fun. Uh, you know, uh, then I started getting a little afraid, like, man, that'd be terrible to, you know, be drug out of here. I mean, they were, like, suffering. And I thought, well, I should just quit, you know, before that happens. Because, <laughs> you know, I mean, and then you start thinking, because, look, I've done 15 miles. I mean, you know, they're not paying me to do this anyway. And, I mean, I paid to do this. And so, you know, I'm not any big benefit from it. So I could just quit, and I could roll out of here with a Gatorade. Ain't no hurting, nothing, you know. And, 
And then, it'd be, and then the only embarrassment I'd have would come back in front of you guys, but then I fear you love me anyway. So, I mean, I'd be like, they'd be like, well, we didn't think he's going to finish anyway. And so, you know, we're just, we're just glad you tried. You know, it's those kind of thoughts. That, but I kept going. And I was surprised that, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, about 21, it's like my legs got a voice. Like I could hear them talking to me, like, we're stopping with you or without you. <laughs> my lungs, like, you've taxed us and we ain't giving you any more. And everything your brain's trying to tell your body to do, there's like a disconnect. You want to do it, but this is not cooperating. And so I went from, you know, to... And you're running through boroughs in New York, you know, all, all the five or... I don't know how many boroughs are there. Five boroughs. So I'm about mile 21, and I'm done. I mean, I'm like, I'm looking for a golf cart, like... Can y'all see I'm suffering like And I, for some reason, in the crowd, saw a beautiful lady. She had to be about 70-ish, I'm guessing. Black lady, gorgeous lady. Just, I don't know why I was so attracted. And I don't even know why I did this. But I just kind of made my way over to where the people, to the side. Hoping maybe she'd drag, drag my tail off the course. You know, Let me help that child, you know. I get there, and my name's on my shirt. She looked at me straight in the eyes. She said, Kent, don't you dare quit now. She said, you've come way too far to stop now. you got to go all the way to the end. And when she said that, I felt the Holy Ghost come up in through my legs, in my being, and I went from to. You know. Even with an attitude like. And then you get to the last three miles, there's a million people screaming your name. They say if you ever make it to mile 23, you're, you're safe because you ride the crowd, the energy. And when we got to mile 23, a million people screaming your name. Kent, don't you quit. You're almost home. And I got to thinking about the great cloud of witnesses. Mamas and daddies and grandmothers and grandfathers and those that's gone before you. Right when you're about to give it up, right when you're about to quit, they start shouting over heaven's balcony. Don't you dare stop now. Don't you dare quit now. You're going to finish this thing all the way to the end. And we finished that thing. Bev was waiting at the finish line on me. She said, I saw Lance Armstrong come by. I said, when? She said, about three hours ago. <laughs> I didn't say I was the fastest runner in the marathon. All of heaven is for you. If God be for you, who can be against you? If all of heaven is for you, who can stop you? 
So today, I simply wanted to communicate to you, there's a spirit of perseverance that's already on the inside of you. And I just want to awaken you to that fact that there is a no-quit spirit on the inside of you. Oh, you may quit temporarily. You may even backslide, but you can't stay there. You are marked on the palm of his hand. And you cannot get out. He has sealed you in your spirit until the day of redemption. And whatever you go through, whatever circumstances you face, whatever trouble, whatever trials you may enter into, it's only temporary. Because it's working in you an eternal weight of glory that sooner or later you're going to pop up on the other side. If you don't pop up here, you'll pop up over there. But sooner or later you're coming out of it. We shall overcome. You are more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ who loved you and gave his life for you. So I'm saying, Holy Spirit, we want to receive that spirit today. Would you stand up with me? I love this old song. Y'all might not know this one. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Teach me, Lord, teach me, Lord, to wait. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. You will run and not grow weary. You will walk and not faint. Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord, to I release the spirit to finish inside your spirit. 
I call your spirit to attention. I speak to that part of you which was before the earth was here. That part of you that God smiled the day you got a body. Since he knew you'd have a great expression in the earth. I call you forth the spirit of every believer in this house. I call forth your destiny. I call forth your purpose. I call forth your calling and anointing. I speak to your spirit man and say be energized. Be strengthened. Be empowered today with the spirit of perseverance. I pray you be energized with God's explosive power from the realm of his magnificent glory. And that you would be filled with hope even now. For I know the thoughts I think toward you says God. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a good and an expected future full of hope. You may be under today, but you're coming up tomorrow. You may be under right now, but God's teaching you to breathe underwater and you're connecting to a realm that you don't even know about. You're going to find a joy that you've never known, a peace that you've never known, a righteousness you've never been connected to. For the kingdom of God is not meat nor drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. I say be baptized afresh with the Holy Ghost and fire and be baptized afresh with a spirit of endurance and a spirit of perseverance that you may finish well. Receive an anointing to finish the good things that God has started in your life. He will have the final word and he will finish. Begin to call those things that are not as though they were and begin to walk by faith, not by sight, not growing weaker but growing stronger in your faith knowing that being fully persuaded that what God has said he is more than able to perform it. I'm telling you that you may be filled with the love of God doing the height, the depth, the width, and the length of the love of God that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Receive an impartation today by faith. May your name be written on the next rocket that's fired. (laughs) The spirit of perseverance that's been on your life. May your name be written in heaven is those that persevere to the end who shall be saved. Lord, we thank you for that impartation today. We thank you for that anointing that's moving right now in our inner man, in the name of Jesus. You know, I don't want to, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to put anybody on the spot. But I have such a burden this week for my brothers and sisters in recovery. I've been praying for you all week. I know it's hard. But you're going to finish. You're going to make it. Some of you are going to make it and you don't even want to make it. But in God's sovereignty, he sent you to a finishing place. And what you don't realize is finishing jumped on you. This has been a presentation of Word Alive International Outreach, 122 Allendale Road, Oxford, Alabama. Reach us by phone at 256-831-5280 or at our website, wordalive.org. This has been a production of Word Alive Creative Arts.